Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime Gabriel Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have a person who is an odd, melodic performer who uses improved live looping, audience inspiration, and a light sprinkling of rehearsed spoken word to create captivating moments. They currently perform as part of the Artemis Musician Society and Wizards Walks YVR. I'm really excited to have them here. So without further ado, I have Julie Hintz Barrera, aka Cronfused. Hello, thank you. Welcome. I'm super excited to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started with your journey? Yeah, so I am a performance artist. I mostly focus on improv, like improvised things, as well as poetry. And I use what's known as a loop station. The one that I use is called a Boss RC505. And I came upon this at a music festival. I was on the dance floor and the person on stage was making up songs about people on the audience with nothing but his voice. And he was layering it on top of each other with this loop station. And being someone who grew up in community theater and did like French improv, competitive improv growing up in my small northern town of Yellowknife in Canada, I was just immediately struck by this. You can do that, something like that. Oh, my gosh. And so it was about five years before I actually bought my own loop station or it was gifted to me by someone. And ever since then, I've been incorporating it into my artistic practice, whether it's with creating kind of ambient backbeats for spoken word or making whole songs or one of the kind of main parts of my shtick is getting, I have a box of secrets that I collect when I perform, like secrets and suggestions. And I'll pull out of that to make up songs on the spot, which is a pretty impressive party trick at the end of the day. You can't go it alone, and it's very hard to be an independent artist all the time. Uh, And I wanted to put my artistic forces behind some good, and I saw an ad for the Artemis Musician Society on Facebook, and the founder was essentially looking for musicians who had been victims of sexual assault and who wanted to lend their talents to ending the stigma and shame around that and just show, like, you can be a survivor, but you can still be a badass musician or a poet or just live your dang life and have pockets of joy and you don't have to shy away from these things that have happened to you. So I've done quite a few projects, both digitally and in person with them, as well as um, a music residency at this um, arts center up here in Canada. And I'm also a member of this group of wizards. We started as in during COVID, people couldn't meet up in groups larger, like it was groups of five was the largest you could meet up for like walks here in Vancouver. And performance artists were really feeling the ache. We can't be silly in public. We can't do all these things. So Space Wizard, who is our founding mother, she put out the call to a bunch of weirdos and was like, hey, I want to dress up as wizards and walk around this park. Do you want to come? And I was like, absolutely, I will be there. And in the summer months, we meet once a month, and we've been doing it for about three years now, and we just do it all over Vancouver. We get really silly, get dressed up, and, and spread the merriment. So that's my artistic practice in a nutshell, with a light sprinkling of poetry whenever possible. You touched some heavy topics in some of the art that you perform. So how does mm-hmm. the audi- how did the audience react to that? 
once I had told close members of my family and my like my loved ones, I could I really didn't care how the public reacted. I my main thought was like I just hope this reaches the right people and I was very surprised at the outpouring of people who came up to me and were like I'm noticing these signs in my child that they might be getting abused or this stuff happened to me and I haven't been able to talk about it but I'd love to join your group or I'd love to come to a performance and feel these feelings with a group of people and people I never thought would reach out to me are people who I haven't talked to in years and and that was a pretty jarring but like beautiful kind of bittersweet moment and i feel like also a little bit of self-healing in there too i feel whenever i share my story it comes a little bit easier every single time i don't know if that's the same thing for you yeah it's very cathartic and it takes the power out of this part of your past and integrates it into a part of your larger story it's just a footnote it's or, or it's just a chapter even not like the whole book yeah i i completely get that and this kind of goes into my question that I wanted to ask you. In life, we all go through several transitions, some good, some bad, easy, hard. What was one that was a little shocking for you that like that kind of was a pivot in your journey? This, it might just be because my anniversary just happened, but I got married very quickly and very young. Mm -hmm. And it was like a very much a, like a 180 for what I thought my life would be growing up. I never cared about marriage. I never had it in my plans. I had all these like big worldly dreams. And then I got, I fell in love. It happens. And then you get married and you decide, okay, like I need to grow with this person rather than just like un, unfettered. And it's, it was a, every day that it's like winning the lottery that it worked. That's something that, a decision that wild and that sudden worked out, but it's like it I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't change anything if that's the choice that I had to get to that choice. A lot of people don't talk about that transition. It's seen as a societal norm. The earlier you get married, the better off you are. But also that is a certain transition. It doesn't always go as what social media says, the picture perfect wedding and everything that goes along with it. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Like it was and because I, I had never been like a marriage person when I told my, my parents like, hey, I'm getting married in two months, you should probably come to the wedding. They hung up the phone. They were like, who is this? What is going on? They ha they talked to my roommate at the time who I'd known since like fourth grade. It's Julie. Okay, <laughs> what is this? But once they met my husband, they were like, okay, we get it. Yeah, we understand. We get you two together. This makes sense. Whereas just hearing about it, they were like, no, no way. No. And just the way I would react if any 20-year-old told me they were getting married, I'd be like, you're a fool. <laughs> what are you doing? But then for me, it really, it did work out. But it was a, a bit of a struggle like to to find your bearings at that young age is always a struggle. But we both went through a lot of stuff like with his family, with his immigration, with like my sort of overcoming a lot of personal trauma and things and just growing through your 20s with a person and not running away is like a big hurdle. But it, I, we both have very long relationships in our lives, like best friends from high school, from elementary school. When you're used to having that longstanding nurturing love, it's a, an important thing to keep sustaining you in your life or keep sustained. Yeah, I agree. And if the communication's there, the maturity's there, you can make it work. Totally. It's just th those are key components to make any relationship, platonic or romantic, work. And you just have to keep putting in work into it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. We both really 
value our platonic relationships. Like there, there's people who have been in my life more than half my life, and they're still some of my best friends. And if I didn't say that I valued their love and opinion as much as his, I I would be lying. What's different, but it's just as important. Yeah, and it's beautiful that you found someone at such an early age that you can create all these memories with like even now yeah totally yeah it's it's the lottery for real it's, it's <laughs> mind-boggling hopefully i get that yeah. too soon but <laughs> yeah i don't want to be one of those obnoxious people that's it's when you're not looking but it's <laughs> when you're really just like in your own zone doing your own thing that destiny will tap you on the shoulder mm-hmm. and be like oh hey how about this person i do feel that we all go through different chapters some are a little bit earlier than others but I feel that we need to be at a certain spot in our life in order for exactly. us to be willing to accept it. And that's the thing that a lot of the older folks in my life say. It's that we were lucky to be free and open enough at the time that we met each other to, to make that kind of a decision. Because a lot of people, they might see that and just be like, no, it's not the time. It's not in my journey to fall in love at 20. Whereas we were just like, I can't say no if this is it. like all the things that I've said I wanted. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like I said, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably going to be bouncing back and forth. My ADHD brain is acting up today. So I just thought of a question earlier on. What can you describe one of your most favorite performances or art that you have created thus far? Mm, that's a really good question. One of the things I'm most proud of is with the Artemis Musician Society. During the first bit of pandemic, we had uh, received some grant money to essentially turn witness testimony from comfort women. Like the UN had collected all of this really incredibly moving, really heart-wrenching survivor testimony from these women who were prisoners of the Japanese army and they were set to live in so-called comfort stations where they were like raped like hundreds of times a day and this was to curb the Japanese soldiers going out and causing trouble because the, the thought is if we're trying to conquer these people they can't hate us so let's just like systemically abuse like forgotten women rather than have them these men run wild on society Japan says that they were all sex workers and they became government-employed brothels. None of these women were sex workers. A lot of them were village girls who were, families were told they were going to factories where they'd get an education and they were told that it was like a good job, but it was like not that. Um, There's still three surviving women, um, but there was like over 10,000 women who went through these camps, which is crazy. Um, and it's basically any woman that was unaccounted for or underprivileged in this sort of circle of islands throughout World War II. And to this day, Japan doesn't take responsibilities. The founding member of Artemis went to Korea and spoke to three the three of these remaining survivors in 2018, I believe, and got some of them to play some music, got some really firsthand accounting stories, as well as, like you said, these UN documents. And we we remixed it together, not only with like my loop station, which I mentioned, but also with this piece by a Korean composer who was a prisoner of Korean War like camp, POW camp. He's a, a bassoon 
uh, player. And so this piece is composed on bassoon and the founder plays bassoon. And it's a very like complex piece. And it sounds like you're swimming to your freedom. And so we used, um, yeah, the survivor testimony and then the the actual sound of these women and a lot of projections of some of their art that we animated. And it took us a lot longer than we thought. Like we were, we um, initially were going to stage the program in May of 2020 live um, with three songs, kind of two original arrangements and then uh, a folk piece um, that one of the women had played and we would remix. Uh, but obviously no performances happened in May 2020. So we had to pivot online. And because we're working with mostly classical musicians, recording that is difficult, especially because digital arts aren't their forte. They've spent their lives honing their skills on these instruments. Um, so it was a lot of mailing people microphones with instructions and retelling them these instructions or booking out a studio and coming in with clean samples like the bills of health. And it was, yeah, it was very complicated, but the result is incredibly stirring. And it, as an artist, it can be hard to watch your stuff back, but I, I almost always get chills and can actually watch these pieces through to the end, which is saying something. Yeah, and that just the way that you described it, it sounds very heavy and but very impactful as well because you're allowing these individuals to tell their story, which they may have not, and they kept it in, they repressed it, or they were ignored and not. They're like, whatever, you know, like we're not going to talk about it. And you gave them a voice and you made it in a very beautiful way. So I, I applaud you and everybody else in that project that did that. Yeah, thank you. It, it was definitely inspired by one of our members is uh, Korean of the Artemis Musician Society. There's quite a few members from all over North America and Europe, but she's a uh, Canadian born, but of Korean descent. And she has a particular interest in folk, the folk music and was like, oh, have you heard of these it's comfort stations? And all of us rare like it's not something a lot of people know about but all of us in this meeting were like actually yes isn't that terrible and then she was like there's only three surviving members left and the Japanese government is doing this and so it just spiraled from there and we were like how do other people not know this story like how is this so silenced and it would yeah so we just we felt we had to carry it on yeah I love that and if there was someone listening to this podcast that says I, that sounds pretty cool. I might want to get into something like that. How? What tips and tricks can you like tell them to get started in that journey? It would be very similar to what led me to finding Artemis, which is join stuff. If you see something that you think is cool or you do or is doing something good in the world, join it. I uh, everyone wants to be a leader. Everyone wants to be the founder. Everyone wants to be the starter, but. When it comes to the Wizard Walks YVR, which is just super silly nonsense, or when it comes to Artemis, which is very impactful, serious art, joining and putting my power behind the team is so much stronger and has had so much more effect than trying to tread water and make waves on my own. And there's a million good ideas out there and there's a million good people trying to make change. And if you think about yourself in a project, like wouldn't wouldn't you love if someone came up and said hey that's so cool i can actually edit that video for you just because i love what you're doing so if you see someone doing something that you think is oh that's so awesome i wish i thought of that 
ask them if they need a hand. See how you can lend your energy to that. That's the most important. Like you have so much power in joining, in in being showing up with the skills that you have. Yeah. And what you said is powerful. We don't always have to be the leader, be the creator of something. A lot of us have multiple passions, multiple things that we want to do. And that's what we get in our head is how do I do this on my own? How do I create this from nothing? And then we give up and we don't go into it. But if you have a passion and there's a group, just join on. You don't have to be the leader in order to make an impact or a difference or enjoy the event or whatever you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Like I'm also big on volunteering. Before I play music festivals, like I'll tend to volunteer one year and just see how they treat their staff. And, you know, there's a food bank up my street that they're lovely people. Every Friday, you know, you go there and you just hand out groceries to folks who need them. And it's just the, the power behind that is so much stronger than trying to be like, oh, how do I make change? I guess I have to just recycle everything myself and then I'll refund the cans and I'll donate that. To, yeah, sure. But it's you don't have to go it alone. Like You can make big waves with people. Yeah, especially there's so many organizations out there that are already there that exactly. need the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for everything that you do. This is I'm getting inspired. <laughs> I've been wanting to get back more to the community and you're giving me that little like match for my fire so thank you (laughs) i I hope all i want is to inspire folks so that's good thank you (laughs) of course and with all of the knowledge that you have and everything that you've uh, gone through if you can go back to a point in time and give yourself one piece of advice that would help you what would it be be arrogant like why not you? I'm I'm very much a show don't tell kind of person. Like I, over the years, like when I, I've kept all my journals, I'm an avid journal writer. So sometimes I'll go back and I'll read my high school thoughts. And I really thought it was like, move to the big city, make an album, get a Grammy, be famous. Like I thought it was <laughs> check, check, easy one, two, three steps. Believed fully that was the path. And I'm sure there's a huge, obviously, I still do the arts. So there's a large part of me that believes that's going to happen still. <laughs> but the reality and wisdom of age has curbed my expectations and maybe a little bit my belief in myself and the imposter syndrome grows and rises. But I wish I could tell myself, like, don't lose that. Don't lose that naive arrogance, that that willful, like, I'm going to make it. I'm it. Because if if you can chase that long enough, then you can really just go so, so far on that alone. And that's probably why I've been married for 12 years, because I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I believe in love. Like everyone tells me love is fine, but believing in myself, oh, hey, oh, that's risky. <laughs> so I, I would say just like the have an unwavering belief in yourself, because it's at the end of the day, all you have is your word and yourself. And if you and both of those can be as unwavering as possible, then you're fine. There's this light that we all have at such a young age that we feel anything is possible. We're invincible. But I feel the pressure of life slowly does chip away at us little by little to once we're at at this age, a lot older, we don't have the same aspirations or the same motivation, but we just need to reignite that sometimes. We need to remind ourselves that we we still can do the things. Yeah. And it's tapping into that, that who were you before the world got to you? As they mm-hmm. say, it's, oh, who was that person? And sometimes you'll see them and you'll catch them. And me, 
it's very much a lifelong journey of nurturing that little person and being like, no, you're good. Like you're here. We got this. You can do it. And it, it's like a, an affliction at this point to, to continue to cajole myself into confidence and self-belief. <laughs> no, I completely get you. At a certain time, we like the life that we have. And it's why if I'm happy now and I feel like I'm purposeful, why change it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I totally. It's in one. I would I like to try and say that I'm like I'm cultivating a life I don't need a vacation from. Yes. You know, like vacations are icing. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. But I technically haven't had like an actual vacation in years. Most of my travel is spent like going to festivals or like my parents live just the next town over. So that's like a little island trip or all these things. So it's you find little pockets of joy so that even if it's not aspirationally what you thought it would be, you can still really be grateful for what it is and try and stave off that comparison to other people or the woulds and shoulds of your career and, and stuff like that. So it's just yeah, a daily practice of, of gratitude and really feeding the things that give you joy and, and nurture that joy. I love that. And a lot of us have that escapism where we're like, we just need to escape and leave and run away from our problems for a little bit, then come back and deal with them again. But if you really create a life where you don't feel that you need to escape and you rather want to lean in rather than lean out, then that's where you start really creating that purposeful living and that reaching that internal happiness. Because you don't have to be the richest person out there or the most famous person out there to, li- to live a satisfying life. You just need to see what are the core pieces that I need in my life to make me happy. Yeah. And, and like, when you know you have those deep wells of happiness in the moments where you have to like kind of grin and bear it or get through it or figure stuff out, you're a lot better equipped to do it in a level-headed way and to, yeah, to, and to find people who can help you and to, and to have that community around you. Yeah, I agree. And it goes back to what you said earlier. You don't have to do it alone. There's a, find people that, find the people that are going to support you and your dreams and your lifestyle and have them near you and the ones that are not there then maybe their time in your life that chapter is closed for them and you just have to let it go exactly that was awesome that's <laughs> <laughs> been this has been a fun conversation uh the last question that i usually ask all of uh my guests on here is the whole premise of the of the podcast everybody goes through the unicorn journey where they are trying to find their purpose their happiness and they will have to stand out so that they can obtain that happiness and get out of the norms of everyday society. So what do you think, in your opinion, are some factors that people need to work on or have in order to start their unicorn transformation? That knowing that no matter what, you're going to stand out, you're going to stick out, you're going to be an individual as much as no one will notice you, you're going to blend in, the world is a giant place and you're insignificant. Both of those things are simultaneously true. So why not be yourself in that? If you're going to stick out, you're going to stick out for being yourself or for trying to blend in. If you're going to be unnoticed, it's going to be because the world is crazy and no one will notice you anyway. So just if that's a fact of life, why go through all the trouble of not being yourself when you could go through like maybe a third as much trouble, half as much trouble to be yourself? You know, it's a lot. Of, it is a lot of work to, like I said, nurture that inner child and let them know it's all right to be like a, a star or 
to to think that you're worthy of that spotlight uh, it's it's a lifelong process and it's not easy every day but it's worth it that is so much more worth it than the effort of shrinking and dampening your shine and trying to fit into something you are not and yeah of times that i've traveled to more conservative places so i'll dye my hair like brown I'll, I'll buy some like gray clothing and people will still stare at me through a window to the point where someone that I'm traveling with is like, what is going on here? And I, I and so as much as I try and blend in, it's still I'm still this person. I'm still have this vibe. So why would I dampen that for anyone? And just trusting in that shine and in that uniqueness and in, in the fact that it doesn't matter. If you stick out, if you mess up in the grand scheme of the entire universe, like it doesn't matter. So why not just enjoy it as much as you can, as much as you can? I Yeah, you have. If you trip and fall in front of a large audience, they'll probably remember you for a day, a week. Yeah. But months from now, weeks from now, who's going to remember you? It's not that big of a deal. I just feel like live your life the way you want to live it. If something doesn't go exactly the way it's planned, oh, brush yourself off and keep going. And you also never know. The only reason, again, sorry to keep bringing it back to being married. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm so much more than a married person, I swear. But I was trying to go to art school out of high school. And one teacher tanked that for me. And I was so upset that I didn't get into art school. But I ended up going to pastry school, which is where I, I met my husband. And same kind of thing happened for him. He was trying to go to the Culinary Institute of America and he didn't get his visa. So Last minute, he moved to Canada. And at the time, he was crushed. Well, I guess I'll go to Canada. Ho-hum. But now both of us are like, one of the biggest disappointments of our life ended up being like such a huge stroke of luck. So yeah, maybe you fall on your face in front of a bunch of people, but maybe it goes viral and you pivot that into being an influencer. And now you make six figures. Like <laughs> You don't know what your luck is going to end up being. Like, And, and you know what? It, it doesn't even matter in the end. And it's all relative. Yeah, I agree. And you need to be open to the opportunities. So if mm -hmm. something presents you, but you're being a negative Nancy, then it may exactly. not go the way it's supposed to go. So mm -hmm. just oh, go with the flow, go in with a positive attitude and be willing to go with what life throws you good or bad. Because like you said, you never know if that direction is going to lead to something so much greater. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. <laughs> thank you and i'm curious is there anything that you're currently working on right now for any art pieces or shows i'm currently just getting ready to dig into festival season really exciting i do like i said roving performance art as much as i do musical stuff so it's a lot of things around vancouver i'm yeah i'm, I'm currently probably going to come out with an ep before fall of a bunch of improvised music very fun, exciting stuff. And every month in the summer in Vancouver, the wizards will be walking. So keep an eye out for that. So you, you mentioned it a couple of times. So tell me a little bit more. So you dress up as like wizards. Yes. Is it like Harry Potter wizards or is it we, like we say it's more, pointy hats? Yeah, we say it's more Gandalfian. Okay. Um, so wizards are genderless. People of all genders are wizards. It's the three rules are you need a hat, a staff and a beard. But we're very flexible on what that means. Like sometimes people's beard, beards are like a veil. Sometimes their beard is like a shrubbery. Some people paint it on with mascara. Some people will wear a fake beard on top of their actual <laughs> beard. 
And then staffs are also, we're really lenient with that. Like it can be a wooden spoon. It can be a huge tree. It can be like a scooter. We're very, it's very open to interpretation. So we have all types of wizards. I myself am Puff Pass, the magic wizard. It's like very much a cloud motif with lots of white puffs all over it. We have Punk Wizard, who looks exactly as you imagine. Space Wizard, our founder, is a beard on top of a beard kind of person. And it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, and then we, so we usually will pick a part of the city and we'll wait till all of our wizard friends gather. And then we do what we call opening a portal to rad, where we all say something rad that happened or a rad quality we possess. And then we'll banish uggery by saying something we don't like. And then we all hurl abuse at it. So say I was like, I hate expectations. And then we would all be like, yeah, F you expectations. You have no place here. Just yell at it for a while. And then we all make a bunch of noise and then we'll walk around like a neighborhood, like either the seawall or like a park or or whatever, interact with the public and play music and dance. And Yeah, it's a silly time. That's awesome. And I'm pretty sure people are like recording, wanting to take pictures. Yes. And, and like a lot of the times they're like, what is this? Where's the party? And we're like, you're the party. <laughs> it's really fun. That's just an amazing way to one, stay Keep yourself like lively, feed that inner child, but you're also like brightening, brightening people's days as you're going through. Exactly. And you always see in groups, there's the one person who's like this close to coming and joining us wizards and their friends. Are, <laughs> it's like, no, we got to go to the movies, like <laughs> dragging them along. So it's cute. It's cute to find your people. This has been such a good, a great conversation. And I've th- I really want to say thank you so much for everything that you do for your the art pieces that you do that are really impactful, allowing to give other people voice and bringing like very important topics to light. And if people want to either watch you perform or if they want to get in contact with you, how can they do so? So for the Artemis Musician Society, it it is that like Artemis, like uh, the goddess, ArtemisMusicianSociety.org. They also have a YouTube channel. A lot of our pieces had to be digital because they were done over pandemic. So there's quite a bit of stuff there and then i myself perform as cron fused all over the internet by that name that's c-h-r-o-n-f-u-s-e-d i'm sure it'll be in the show notes and (laughs) yeah i post regularly about what i'm doing there about all my gigs around canada this summer and it's it's always silly it's always fun it's always got a lot going on but hopefully i'll see some fun unicorn faces out there (laughs) awesome And just like you said, I will have this in the show notes. So for listeners, if you're listening to this, you can go ahead and scroll down. You can actually see the show notes and also on the Unicorn Wall of Fame. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This conversation was lovely. It's a great way to spend the (laughs) evening. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. And for listeners, episodes come out every Friday at 7 a.m. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Until next time, thank you so much. again for listening to Finding the Unicorn in You. 